I remember speaking with a midwife in Australia. She was saying that in the birthing suite, they have this unique problem that has developed over the last several years. Baby will be born, and what they want the baby and the mother to do are to lock eyes with each other because of an oxytocin bonding. Well, what they discovered was the moment the baby was put into the arms of the mother right after the birth, the mother would grab the phone and start doing selfies. And so they were grabbing the phone and saying, no, 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 don't look at the screen. Look at the baby's eyes. Look at the baby's eyes. Why is that? Well, we know why. The dopamine rush that you get when you're addicted from a baby will not satisfy the fix, wow. but the phone will. And so they're getting more dopamine hits from the likes. Yeah. And so once they're addicted, the phone, now this sounds horrible to say, but chemically, that phone is obviously much more important than that baby. Hello and welcome to The Naked Gospel, where we have conversations about sex, singleness, marriage, pornography, and everything in between. We bring on cultural thinkers, parents, important folk, and normal folk alike. I am your host, Shane O'Neill. If you're listening in, video versions of all of these episodes are available at YouTube, uh, Proven Ministries. We have that below. If you're watching you just rather listen in, then all of these episodes are available on every major podcast platform. Whether you're listening or watching, do subscribe and continue to track with us. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Before we jump into the episode, let me introduce you to a new initiative we put together called the Disruptors Initiative for podcast listeners and viewers like you. So the Disruptors Initiative is framed after our rebellious king because we do want to disrupt with him the culture that we see around him. For $5 a month, you get to directly support this show, which informs who we have on, the questions we ask them, the newsletters we send out, as well as receive really sweet swag like this coffee mug, this naked gospel coffee mug, different shirts that we design and put out, uh, and a whole load of other things. So check the link below, track with us, disrupt with us. Us and partner alongside of us. So today we are joined by Brad Huddleston. Brad is, uh, he's a teacher, he's a speaker, he's an author, he's a cultural thinker and surveyor, and he's also a husband of 30 years. Uh, I asked Brad to come on because medium matters. Um, we've maybe heard that quite a bit uh, from amusing yourselves to death, amusing ourselves to death, that old book. And that kind of saying has perpetuated. But it is true. Mediums do matter. And when we look at technology, technology is almost seen as a virtue, like every generation develops more technology. And it's seen that technology is progressing. Uh, and I want to take a step back from that because I've only seen technology disconnect me from relationships. I see how myself and my peers use technology primarily for pornography but not even that i mean i I don't watch porn on my phone anymore by the grace of god but i still see how it draws me in to a different world it disassociates me from the people around me uh and it disconnects me and i don't want to be disconnected because i think jesus invites us to look at reality honestly the pain of it and the joy of it and to reckon with it and to know him and to have eyes to see and ears to hear. So um, that's a long-winded way of saying I'm really excited to have Brad on today because he has spent a lot of time looking at technology. He has written this book. It's called Digital Cocaine. I would encourage you guys to check it out. We'll have it in the notes down below. Uh, super accessible, very easy to read, but also very candid. Uh, so if you're just looking for the stats and you're looking for somebody to be honest with the landscape, then I would recommend this book. Um 
It's worth saying, if you found this podcast helpful, please share it with somebody else you think would benefit from it, uh, because conversations like this one really do matter. But that's enough of that. Brad, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my privilege. You know, my history with Proven Ministries goes back to the beginning, Mm. and uh, we kind of latched on to each other. So Mm. it's an honor for me Mm. to continue to walk with Mm. you guys. Mm. Yeah, uh, we're quite fond of you. Yeah, and that's mutual. Yeah, thank you, man. uh, I'm... I'm glad to have you on. Could you first, well, I guess maybe just share a little bit of your own intro, your own bio when it Mm. comes to who is Brad Huddleston? (laughs) Well, my history of technology goes back to college. Mm. Uh, Majored in computer science, have a Mm. four-year degree. Now it's antiquated now, Mm. you know. All those notes went down with the arc, I suppose. (laughs) But but it laid the foundation, obviously, for all these years of keeping up with it. Mm. Then uh, I have a Bible degree as well. I went Mm. to Bible college, so Mm. became a minister Mm. and... uh, People thought in the early days that was an odd combo, and it was. But sure. you look now, Christians use phones, Christians use computers, so yeah. it's all converged yeah. together. So I have been married for 30 years. I've kept my finger on the pulse of all this. And then in the last 10, 12 years or so, informally, I've been studying neuroscience mm. in an effort to find answers. Because in the early days when all of this started to affect the church, the technology, meaning the suicide rates going up and and the you know the pornography usage the same rates in the church as outside Mm. of the church we saw that Mm. but it was always a hard sell to try to tell people it was literally addictive Mm. so i turned to neuroscience and the Mm. first person i discovered was dr archibald hart so that sent my whole world ministry in a different direction of studying the the neurobiological effects trying to give solid scientific answers as much as you could Mm. in those days now there's a plethora Mm. of brain scans and all this stuff but i went down that path Mm. in an effort to help christians Mm. and non-christians too Mm. so fast forward i wrote a book uh 16 years ago called The Dark Side of Technology. Now Mm. we have this digital cocaine. I'm about Mm. to release a third one. We're Mm. at the stage now where the big demand is digital detox. Mm. What does that look like? Who's doing it? What are the side effects? So that's where Mm. I am at this stage, about to release that third book and keeping up with, as best I can, with all the science that's coming out, the emerging Mm. things and the stats within the church, church, outside of the church as Mm. well. And they're all about the same. Mm. So that's my field of study But my heart and my passion is to share the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, because at the end of the day, he is still the solution to all of life's problems. Amen. I noticed that uh, I was in eighth grade when I got diagnosed with clinical depression. Um, And then since then, different ways of medicating and technology is such an easy way to Mm -hmm. self-medicate. It increases your cortisol levels, which makes you kind of just bounce around a little bit. And you're not present to your own pain, right? Mm -hmm. To your own hurt, to your own sorrow. And so we use these things to medicate. I've used these things to medicate for Mm -hmm. years. It's it's at the point where I I was telling you earlier, like I don't even have the internet on my my phone and I use grayscale. So there's no color Mm -hmm. because the color is so vivid. Yep. I don't find that kind of vividness in the world around me. Uh, so I want to live in my telephone world more than I want to live in the world. It's a very interesting kind of marketing scheme to get somebody to embrace the world you're you're making for them. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I now that I have it off, learning to actually see the colors around me has been really, really cool. So I'm totally with you because depression, anxiety, suicide, these statistics continue to grow as we come out with the latest technological flares. So I like all of that. Would you mind 
Because for me, uh, it's just an intuition. It's a personal observation more than anything else. Whereas you look at technology and you really do know the landscape and what we're dealing with. Would you mind helping us to see it, whether that's through stats or through technological development, whatever you want to do, we would just want to hear really. Well, as I mentioned before, I use neuroscience, more specifically the brain and what's happening inside of the brain. There's an area of the brain called the pleasure center. The technical term for it is the nucleus accumbens. It's part of the reward circuit, and it's called the reward circuit because when we stimulate ourselves with entertainment or alcohol or drugs, that is the area where you have that sensation of feeling good, joy, feelings of joy and pleasure. And what it ends up happening, when, whenever we look at these screens, mm. uh, and it's content independent, it doesn't matter if it's education, it doesn't matter if it's sinful or not sinful, we're, our brains are put into an artificial environment. Mm. And so the brain gets confused and it's secreting all these chemicals to try to achieve balance and, uh, and keep everything on an even keel. Now, mm. out here in the analog world, mm. the brain copes with that quite nicely. Mm. So when we are looking at particular things such as pornography, uh, things dealing with sex, that's that's a, a level of dopaminergic response that's way up there. And so it's going to have a, a quicker effect on the brain. So in a nutshell, in this pleasure center, whenever we're doing things on a screen, our brains are receiving these little drips of dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter that causes the sensation of joy. Nothing wrong with dopamine. Our, the children need it for cognition, for their math, their mm. English, their history, mm. all that sort of stuff. Mm. The problem is at higher quantities, it feels really good. Mm. And so we mm. chase it. But then the brain begins to build up tolerance because it's addictive. Mm. And so the brain tries to defend itself. Now, the way I illustrate that uh, in, the, in these little brain animations I've created, I put this little wall and the wall's pushing out the dopamine. Technically, it's this chemical barrier around it. And the higher that wall gets or the thicker that barrier gets, the more we have to do an activity to continue to fuel the brain with dopamine so that we feel. Mm. And the irony is the more we stimulate, the more it shuts down. It becomes harder to feel. So now you've got a situation around the world where kids are saying, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. And the parents are going, good Lord, you have more stuff than I ever had growing up. And they're confused, parents are, when they say, uh, Okay, enough screen time. You've been using it for three hours. Go outside and play. Mm. And they, they fight like crazy to go outside yeah. because it's boring. Yeah. Well, it's because they're addicted. Yeah. Pornography, anything having to do with sex, is the equipment. My book is called Digital Cocaine because mm. it's the brain scans that you look at, the fMRIs of a coke addict, for example, you can clearly see what's going on inside of there where the color on an fMRI is gone, meaning mm. the brain is shutting down. Mm. When you look at the brain scans of kids who are playing Minecraft and they're doing pornography, it is also shut down. Hmm. And so we look at these brain scans and it's horrifying. And it shows that the dopamine levels are so high, the brain is pushing it out. Hmm. And the sexual content causes that to happen much more rapidly. It's, it's the equivalent of mixing cocaine and heroin together. Hmm. And so with pornography, you end up going down this path where... You don't necessarily have to, over time, consume more and more and more like Mm. alcohol and some of that. It just needs to be more vulgar, Mm. and it works on novelty. Mm. So the primary acquisition, source of acquisition for anything now Mm. are our phones. Mm. And that's where most of the porn's coming in. Video game playing, most of the video game playing now, there's a big, big push in the video game industry to go from consoles to mobile Mm. for obvious reasons. Sure. 
So with that has come, it's keeping me very, very busy because people cannot fathom that it's literally addictive. Mm. They think it's metaphorical, Mm. but it's not. Neurobiologically, you can see it on brain scans, what's happening. Mm. So the landscape right now, for all the good, I mean, look at COVID. COVID has caused these numbers to just absolutely skyrocket, porn included. People are isolated. People are bored. So they're getting these hits. So the education world, where... The grades are, are collapsing, and so there's a massive push around the world to get kids back into a physical classroom mm. where the teacher can monitor them, a human being, face-to-face, and that has to do with the frontal lobe or the prefrontal cortex, which is part of the frontal lobe. Mm. The children have no impulse control to begin with, and anyone who gets addicted, they cannot self-police, and mm. so you sit them down in front of Zoom or Google Classroom, and the moment the parent turns their back, the kid's off onto whatever, mm. social media, video games, porn, you name it. Mm. So the grades are collapsing. Uh, there's some stats with Boston and Philadelphia. Uh, like 60% of the students in one of those cities never even logged in to mm. do their work. But they're online. That's why. So there's a division that's happening with what's healthy and what's not. What I'm trying to do is not say we should throw this away. I love 1 Corinthians 6.12 where it says all things are permissible. It's permissible mm. that you have your phone. Mm. But not all things are beneficial. So you have decided what is not beneficial, or I'm sure the Holy Spirit has helped you decide what is not beneficial, and you've taken care of that. I have too. So we can have it because the issue is actually things that master us, enslave us, and control us, which is the second part of that verse. We can have things, but God gives us the clear line. So to sum everything up, Mm. as short as I possibly can, this is a huge topic. The world we have never seen this many people much less children who are this addicted literally chemically addicted and it is scaring people like me Mm. because we don't we've got plenty of uh data that Mm. we can draw from from adults who have been addicted to alcohol and cocaine and all these things for years but never this many children Mm. with the equivalent because the digital is the equivalent it's Mm. not literally they're not literally snorting coke but the dopamine levels are really high just like cocaine Mm. And so they're getting angry, depressed. The cutting is off the charts. The mm. suicide is off the charts. We've got hard numbers. We can talk about mm. this if you want to. Eating disorder. It yeah. Yes, it is just going through the absolute roof. Mm. And so somebody like me could be mistaken to say, well, the guy hates technology. Mm. I don't hate it. Right. I hate what it does to people in the negative realm. No, I like all of that. Uh, it really is the difference between being uh, using technology as a tool or being technology's tool, you know, and even as you say that, you talk about that and it was startlesome to me because I, even here at work, I will work on a project, get to a point and I will reward myself by going and watching something on YouTube mm-hmm. and I'll it'll just be five minutes, but then I'll go back to work, but I'll spend, I'll spend, I'll spend, I mean, accumulate so much time on YouTube and because I use it as a reward throughout the day mm-hmm. to get me from project to project to project. So even as you say that, I can see how how my mind has bought into technology and YouTube and those sorts of things as a reward system for the for the life that I live, which is crazy because I consider myself as pretty strict when it comes to technology. So even as you say that, it's startlesome for me. I I, uh, I want to I do want to look at technology and pornography, but before we even do that, because this is this is almost more important to me. Um, how is technology disconnecting us from one another? I want to ask that question because it seems apparent to me, but I don't necessarily know how to articulate the ways that it's apparent to me is uh, I, like 
I there's like pictures that'll go around of uh, like a woman in labor and her husband on the phone, you know, or like uh, two people in bed and they're both on the phone, you know, like their husband and wife, but they're both on the phone or a mother or father watching something and their kids playing there watching as well. And the parent doesn't necessarily know this is taking place, but it's just disconnecting us. It's disconnecting husbands and wives from one another. It's disconnecting husbands from like the pregnancy and labor of their wife. It's disconnecting us as parents. And so I see these things and they're becoming memes in our culture. Uh, And it's heartbreaking stuff. And I see it in my own life. I want to be more connected with people. But as we've already pointed out, suicide, depression, loneliness, Mm -hmm. uh, these things are higher than they've ever been in human history. Mm -hmm. And they're only increasing. I I mean, COVID alone has shown us that because of the isolation. So help us to see maybe what technology is doing to us relationally. I remember speaking with a midwife in Australia. I spent a lot of time in Australia. Mm. And um, she was saying that in the birthing suite, mm. they have this unique problem that has developed over the last several years. The baby will be born, and what they want the baby and the mother to do are to lock eyes with each other because of an oxytocin oh, bonding. Yeah. Well, what they discovered was the moment the baby was put into the arms of the mother right after the birth, the mother would grab the phone and start doing selfies. And so they were grabbing the phone and saying, no, 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 don't look at the screen. Look at the baby's eyes. Look at the baby's eyes. Why is that? Well, we know why. The dopamine rush that you get when you're addicted from a baby will not satisfy the fix, but the phone will. And so they're getting more dopamine hits from the likes. And that like button was created, if you've seen The Social Dilemma, sure. was created on purpose to yeah. give you those dopamine spurts. Yeah. And so once they're addicted, the phone, now this sounds horrible to say, but chemically, that phone is obviously much more important than that baby. So there's a disconnect from the child to the phone. Mm. We have a thing called Facebook depression. Mm. So you got 5,000 friends. I have close to about that. They're not really all my friends. <laughs> sure, sure. Just, but you got all these people but yet there's Facebook depression. Why is that? It's because when you and I sit here face to face in an analog world, there's a biblical word for this. It's called koinonia. Mm. It's called fellowship. Mm. The endorphins that get released or the pleasure chemical is in high amounts. So mm. long as we're not arguing sure. and we're having a good conversation today, having a good cup of coffee. So we're enjoying yeah. this. Yeah. The reaction neurobiologically to this sort of conversation is way different than the one we have on Skype mm. or whether it be FaceTime or any of the others. Now, Again, I'm not anti any of this stuff. Thank God for Zoom. I have been able to resume work during COVID and continue to do seminars. But it's way different. The audience reaction is way different when I'm in front of them Mm. in a, you know, a conference hall or a church than it is online. Mm. And I'm sick of Zoom. Not again, I'm not anti, but I just came back from a conference in Los Angeles and it was felt so good to be back in the presence of people. Why is that? Mm. The chemical reaction is healthy and a lot different Mm. in a, in a positive way when Mm. people are face to face. Mm. And so online, the other thing that's disconnecting, you might be staring at something. If you've ever had these Zoom calls where you have all these, you know, little boxes with all these people, if you watch them, if they have their cameras on, Mm. The majority of them are looking at their phones. Hmm. They're not connected with you. Hmm. And it's because the moment there's a lull in the action, the brain wants novelty. Hmm. And that's how addiction works. That's how gambling works. It's on nights how pornography works. Hmm. We want something new. So the moment there's a pause in your lecture, you get to something that's not exciting, they're going to grab the phone and look. Or if the dog walks through, they'll much rather pet the dog than keep staring at your Zoom call. Hmm. 
So that's another reason why there's a push to get these kids back in the physical classroom. It's just not working because the chemical reaction when you're face to face with a human is different than it is online. Hmm. So we're, we're disconnected. You've seen these pictures where everybody's at the dinner table and everybody's on their phone. Hmm. Well, it's because the dopamine rushes are much higher with the screen than it is with people. Yeah. So they're together, but they're not together. They're disconnected while they're in the same, at the same table. And that's global, and it's having a, a detrimental effect on us in quite a number of ways because in a marriage, the only way you're going to be truly intimate and satisfied is to be physically you yeah. know, in yeah. a healthy way, yeah. connected with lips touching and sure. hugging and embracing and all these things that God created. You compound that with being perverted with pornography and, you know, all the things that come along with the expectations that humans weren't meant to have toward each other. Mm. Um, you're disconnected because you feel abused, you feel used, and, and that's cultural influence. Mm. But where did it come from? It came from a screen mm. combined with dopamine and you're getting high. It's a drug. Of yeah. the of the worst kind, so yeah. that is why, in one fell swoop and a short answer, mm. chemically, mm. why we're together but we're still disconnected. Right. Yeah, and that's that's real. I mean, it's it's become sort of a trope and a meme. But you can walk into a restaurant and see at multiple tables people just on their mm-hmm. phones, uh, which is heartbreaking because I know sometimes I'm that person. You know. I'm not judging them. It's just an, an awful observation of our culture. And even your point, um, I was watching this. It was a TED Talk, and a, it was a secular. So he was talking about pornography and how pornography is intentionally designed for the least amount of contact possible. You know, it's really just groin to groin. And I was like, wow, that is truly horrendous. They're not, they're not even pretending mm-hmm. to be intimate. It's intentionally lustful and, and visual it's there for voyeurism so that you can see someone else and then get off to it it's just it's truly awful so let's let's jump into that with mm-hmm. pornography and and uh technology um because what's made pornography accessible is technology uh even when it was pornography could have been, you know, was presented through magazines for a long time but that was still static erotica mm-hmm. uh it, it's not it's a it's a still frame there's no story necessarily being told you're not being brought into something but all of a sudden with pornography through digital media we can and it's spiked like never before once that that medium was presented to us through the internet so can you talk us through um i don't know if you have like any stats or like what we're looking at when it comes to Pornography, I think a lot of us, A, assume that it's culturally normal almost now to watch pornography, while at the same time, it seems like in Christian circles, there's this cultural denial Mm -hmm. that people are actually, that it's actually as bad in the church, um, which does baffle me. Can you just speak into that? Well, as you well know, being with Proven Ministries, Mm -hmm. as far as I know, Proven Ministries was the last group to hire the Barna Group Mm -hmm. to update those statistics. Mm -hmm. So you know Mm -hmm. what they are. Mm -hmm. They're off the charts. They are. And they're disturbing. Yeah. My opinion is I, I, those stats are, what, six, seven years old now? Yeah. Um, it's, go, it's grown. Yeah. I have no research to back sure. that up because I haven't hired Barna. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but my anecdotal global traveling mm. all over the place and mm. doing my own research mm. says that it's much worse now. Yeah. They were accurate then. They're still accurate, but we could add to it. Um, what has happened around the world with that it has become the norm and Mm. what i am observing and again i have no stats for this Mm. the longer that we have let this go in the in the church by not dealing with it and talking about or just relegating it to the men's ministry Mm. 
or, or the home group, but not dealing with it while everybody's gathered in the sanctuary. It has become normalized to the point where there's almost pushback with certain age groups when you do talk about it. It's like, you're old-fashioned. Get off that. You're just old and don't get it. Or Now, nobody's ever come up to me in my face and said that. Sure. But the attitude speaks volumes right. because it hasn't been dealt with. Contrast that with, say, Africa. We had to film my Pornea series, which Proven Ministries or Proven Men is well represented on my mm. video series. We had to film that in Africa. Mm. And they gave me two consecutive Sunday mornings and Sunday nights to mm. film it. They asked me to do it. Mm. And then they begged me not to water it down because wow. they knew what we do here mm. in this country. So the denial is there because we're afraid in this country that we will run people off by offending them. Right. And you would, to be yeah. honest with you, because we've built a soft church. Sure. It's built on sand. And so now the winds are blowing. <laughs> the storm has come. And it's crashing down. Barner re- released... Uh, these statistics, it was not terribly long ago that one in five of our American churches, it looks like, are going to close mm. to never be. Twenty yeah. percent. We're headed toward that. Mm. And what it speaks is that we have built the church on sand. Generation Z, those born from 97 to 2012, mm. only four percent have a biblical worldview now. Mm. And the, the millennials, some of which would be the parents of the Gen Z's. Mm. Only 6% have a biblical worldview. Mm. And this cuts across everywhere. And when they traced it back, you know what it was boiled down to? Mm. The phone. Mm. The culture, even though they're under a Christian roof, is they're getting their doctrine. <laughs> now, doctrine doesn't necessarily mean biblical teaching. It means teaching. Yeah. Their worldview, uh, it <laughs> is coming through their phones. And so we've got a situation where you got youth groups. you got all these kids under our... Christian roofs, yeah. Christian universities, uh, and but they, they don't have a biblical worldview mm. because the cultural pull is way stronger than us. Mm. It's almost as if we've not let the anointing, which is the most powerful thing on, in the universe, we're afraid of anything that smacks of conviction and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. We're paying a heavy price in America. When I travel to other countries, that's not necessarily the case. Some countries are just like us. Some are not, and it's very healthy in one way. In one way, for me to go overseas and come back, but when I come back, I get very frustrated. Mm. Pornography rules the day. Mm. If you really want to know the truth of all the stuff that I have done, and all, like the the project that I worked on, is way more important than digital cocaine was my Pornea series. What mm. you guys are doing here, that is the most important thing, because that is what's killing us mm. the most. Mm. It is separating us from God because of sin neurobiologically the brains are trashed the brain scans if you've ever seen the brain scan of someone you ever seen the brain scan of someone addicted to porn i have yeah yeah well you know even compared to a heroin addict it's worse Mm. because chemically it's as if you're mixing coke and heroin together and so you see these big holes and those holes are representative of the neurons not firing it's shutting down it's become anhedonic or numb Mm. so when that happens you don't feel towards your flesh and blood wife Mm. you feel more toward Mm. what's on the screen Mm. and that's where you're drawn Mm. so you're disconnected you don't feel Mm. towards your children Mm. they become a bother Mm. now that's a horrible way to say it but in reality that's what's happened this is not a bother anymore and then this has to progress Mm. so the 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 digital landscape around the world i talk so much about the negative stuff i do want to reiterate that i love doing this podcast and all this gear in here is awesome because <laughs> it allows us to get the message out yeah 
But as I showed you that animation before, I, I divide things into two distinct categories of things that while <clears throat> technically you could get addicted to Word, nobody's ever asked me to pray for them because yes. they're addicted to Word right, or Excel. Right. Yeah. But they have for porn yes. and YouTube and all yeah. these sorts of things. So I didn't mean to give you too long-winded of an answer there, but I am very passionate about what you guys do hmm. uh, and helping. I need the information that you guys are garnering and sure. your courses that, that you're running. Uh, and I want to make a contribution to that and what I'm observing around the world with the devices. And the truth of the matter is, yeah. the truth of the matter is, if we don't get these devices out of the hands of those who are addicted, no matter what age, and the young ones, that 4% is probably being generous. Mm. I think that is too high of a number now, to be mm. honest with you, since those stats came out. With the Christian worldview. And it boils down to the device because there's no there's no cure for it if if filter i get this question all the time what about filtering and accountability software well yes you should have it when i do work with law enforcement Mm. we don't call it a solution it's merely a speed bump Mm. you can get around it if you want to Mm. and people do so if there were if if filtering and accountability software were the solution there'd be no need for me to come to lynchburg virginia today to do this podcast with you we would have solved that problem right I'm not down on it. You should have it. Sure. But it's going to take human interaction and human accountability ultimately to solve this problem. And we're, as Christians, when, this, when God says to separate yourself, mm. he wasn't kidding. We have gotten so immersed in the culture, and we've, we've spent years trying to blend and mix the culture with the church to make our message more palatable to the world. We're having a hard time distinguishing the two now because of a lack of holiness. Mm. And that word has become dirty in the church. Words like repent become dirty. But if they don't become back in vogue and rise above our technological, what we think are needs, which are really wants, we're done. Mm. Outside of, of, you know, because our will does play a part in what God will do. And so I'm I'm alarmed and and I carry this with me everywhere I go. And, I, and there are days I have to just shut everything off and go to the gym. I just mm. can't take it anymore, mm. especially with the pushback. But I've also seen a handful of people grab a hold of God and make the changes like you have with your phone. Mm. And it's it keeps me going because mm. we do get we do get good reports, too. At the bottom of all of this, I just want to actually live life instead of I think it was uh, Eugene Peterson who said our our. Uh, something like our current cultural idol is our uh, addiction to busyness, mm-hmm. you know, and we do. We use the next moment to medicate to the present moment, and I keep on chasing it. And all the while, I'm missing time with my parents, you know, like I don't know how many years I have left with them. And I'm missing times with my, my siblings and with friends that I won't ever have again. You know, these are very sacred moments. I, I, it was a... Uh, George MacDonald, who, who, who used the phrase, the holy present. Mm-hmm. And I've always really liked that, that the present is a very holy thing, because it's really the only thing you have. And yet I was constantly chasing the next, and I do, I still do. And so this conversation is very important to me, because what does it actually look like to be still and know that mm-hmm. he is God, if we're just running from moment to moment? Um, the last part that you, that you were just speaking into is very important, because... If I'm understanding you rightly, I'm hearing you say uh, that technology um, is a resource, um, but there are ways that we use it that end up using us. Mm -hmm. So there are beautiful things like Excel and Word document, different ways that 
kids could use technology. Um, but that often it's, it's not typically just reductive to their status. Like if they're using this and they're also using these things. And so what does the nuance look like of, of inhabiting and using technology? Well, am I hearing you right? That it's, it's, it's really just something that you have to use with intentionality. You're not saying, Hey, because of all these factors, we should throw technology out. I'm writing a book on digital detox and I've always been hesitant to, you know, tell my own story how I manage it because I don't want people to feel like I'm bragging or I have it all under control. I don't. Hmm. But I will tell you where I've come based on science and based on God's conviction in my life because I was terribly addicted. I judge no one. So let me answer that question this way. Do it. When I'm home and not traveling, um, I, I just came back from California, so my schedule was all messed up. So again, I'm not, I'm not always the example to go by. Hmm. But when I'm home and Things are under my control. And thanks to my wife, mm. she set us up on a schedule. See, I was studying for sermons and counting that as devotion time. But the truth is I wasn't intimate with God. I was yeah. I was in the Word, but it, and it did me good, but it wasn't intimacy. Yeah. If you really want to know the truth. So I said to her, look, honey, we, we really need to, this was years ago, we need to have devotions. We need to have our morning prayer time. Mm. What we do is dangerous. It's mm. spiritually dangerous. We need to really be praying. more. So she came to me and she said, okay, I know what we need to do. We need to go to bed early. And I'm thinking, oh, 10? And she goes, uh, no, between 7.30 and 8. And I'm thinking, this pretty little wife of mine <laughs> has lost her mind. <laughs> but it turns out she was right. Mm. So here's in a nutshell what we do. Mm. When I'm under my own control, we're in bed between 7.30 and 8, and I'm up at 3. Mm. Mm. And the first thing I do is get a cup of coffee because I'm not of that course. spiritual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And, <laughs> and you have a good coffee shop right Cheers, here. Cheers, yeah. But then... I am on the couch. She's in the chair, and we're. Ha- I'm working through uh, right now Martin Luther's commentary on Galatians, hmm. and I feel the. It may seem odd, but I feel the presence of the Lord when I read the scriptures, Amen. and then I have a good teacher to go along with it. Amen. Then we get in the car, and we do prayer drives, hmm. and that lasts until about quarter of five, and then I go to the gym, hmm. and then about seven o'clock we eat, hmm. and then our day starts. Hmm. Now there's no screens on. There's no screens in the bedroom. There are no screens in the morning. It's all God. It's all Beth. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now, I used to not be that way. I used to check stuff as soon as I got up because mm-hmm. I had to have that hit. Yeah. But all that's gone has been for years. Mm-hmm. When I got down here today, mm-hmm. because I like you guys a lot, first thing I did is put my phone in my bag because mm-hmm. I, I, I want to spend several hours with you guys, not with all these people. Believe me, there's calls coming in right and left, but I could care less at this moment right now. I used to not be that way, so I judge no one. Mm. The only thing I can tell you is mm. about 70% of my days is with people and not screens. Amen. Now, there are days that I travel. I need the GPS. I need you know, I have to check in. So, I, again, it's not a perfect rule, but when it's under my control, I have made that switch. Mm. So what I'm essentially striving to do mm. and have largely achieved, but not completely, is to work within the boundaries of what my brain can handle. And the truth is that's about 20% in a 24-hour period of screen time, 80%, you can't. Mm. Now, that's health. That's mm. about what the scales would have to be tipped. 80 I'm, to 20. And I'm probably 70, 30. Okay. But I used to be about 99. Yes, yes. One. So I judge no one. Sure. only thing I can tell you is the grass truly is greener mm. on this side. Mm. So it is doable. It's achievable. Do I miss things? Yeah, I do. Mm. But am I healthier? Yes, so the sleep has become a premium. Mm. I came down here 
and I slept until I woke up because I wanted to give you guys 110%. I feel like mm. I owe it to you. You're my friends. Mm. This ministry that you're doing is crucial. Mm. I could have gotten up and let the screen ruin all that. I mm. would not. I did not do any return any phone calls on the way down here. Mm. I put on worship music, and I kept focused all the way down here with no phone. Mm. It's on Do Not Disturb. And, and guys, again, I'm not bragging to you. I'm just saying I wrote this book, Digital Cocaine. I have applied most days what I'm preaching, and it works. My intimacy with my wife, it came back. I lost it. That, that, is, that is a metaphor between us and Jesus. We're the, we're the bride of Christ. I had lost that as a minister of the gospel. I didn't stop loving God. The truth is I lost it because of a phone, a stupid phone. Hmm. Well, it's back now and has been for years, but but I could lose it tonight. Hmm. I could I could revert it's like the Oreos. I don't I have gotten myself in physical shape too, just so I can keep gallivanting around the world I'm getting older. <laughs> sure. If I eat one Oreo, I can smash the whole whole <laughs> bag. Yeah. Same with technology. If I'm not careful, if I get started at night, I'll smash that thing all night. Yeah. Cause I'm I'm human, and I'm, but it's out of the bedroom. It's mm-hmm. all these things that you hear me write about, talk about. It works. Mm-hmm. But I've made a decision to separate myself, mm-hmm. which means holiness simply means this. It means to be separated from sin and evil and set apart for the use of God. Mm-hmm. I made a conscious choice with technology to weed out those things that are not beneficial. So I went through all the social media and got rid of everything but Facebook. And I went through everything and just said, no, don't need that, don't need that, don't need that. Well, what about family? What about family? My grandmother told me this a long time ago. Boy, we know where you live. We'll come and get you if we need you. <laughs> so, and they will. And I do, I have kept Facebook. And uh, for overseas, I have WhatsApp. Hmm. I check it about twice a year, I think. Nice. Uh, and when I'm traveling, I use it quite often. Sure, sure. So I'm not, I'm not anti, but I have to date put it in its place and i want to see everybody do that the porn i've had a problem with porn Hmm. i haven't in years Hmm. but if i take one bite of the oreo tonight yeah 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 that's why it's not in the bedroom that's why it's not near me Hmm. it's because it's not because i'm a saint it's because i'm not a saint right i'm only a saint because jesus blood declares me one by a gift of Hmm. grace Hmm. and i don't want to ruin that so I know it sounds harsh, this whole holiness separation thing, but notice I have a tablet sitting in front of me, and it's very helpful and very handy. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I'm drinking from that Kool-Aid. I love everything you just said, and thanks for uh, being present to us. Thanks for giving yourself to us. You are a gift, and we are grateful. Well, you guys are a gift, too. Yeah. That's why I gladly come down here anytime I can serve you. Hmm. Hmm. I uh, I was thinking about, as you as you were talking, I was thinking about... Uh, Peter, where he says, uh, whatever overshadows a person to that thing, he is a slave, you know, it's like, you're always going to be overshadowed by something. Mm-hmm. And really the choice is what shadow are you going to hide in? I like that there in the Psalms, the sh- hiding in the shadow of the almighty. It's like, no, I often shide, hide in a very small shadow of my iPhone, you know? And, uh, and I think a lot of people listening were probably very edified as I was by how you apply this. Um, but let's uh, let's make it a little bit more applicable. And so this is two pronged. So one, if I'm uh, a parent listening to this, mm-hmm. what does it look like to parent your child into 
a healthy relationship with technology. You want to have movie nights with your family. You want to have game nights. Maybe a father likes to play video games with the kids, whatever it might be. There's all sorts of things. So what does it look like to use technology instead of to be used by technology. So there's that. And then, uh, I mean, so I mean, so many of us millennials are single, you know, like it's, it's, it's just the case. It's the way things are. So as a, a single folk, what does mm-hmm. it look like for somebody who's trying to follow Jesus and has realized that there's this real deficit in their life when it comes to just being present to relationships and present to God, present to self. And they realize that technology is a big um, contributor to that deficit. What does it look like to be single and to have a healthy relationship with technology? When it comes to the, I'm not going to bring legalism into things. I do apply First Corinthians six twelve. Mm. It's permissible, mm. but not all things are beneficial. Sure. And then he says, "I won't be enslaved. Yeah. I won't be controlled." Yeah. There, there are several things that, that, because of science, true science, brain scans, um, measuring things trends that are huge there are certain things that i have said okay this is not beneficial you should get rid of it <laughs> porn is at the top sure, of the list sure and video games mm. i would recommend that people never play them mm. i i wrote i wrote for a, a, a higher education it was called ethics in higher education and i was asked to deal with some of this i went to toronto canada to speak at the global conference on online learning mm. And while all the gamification tracks were there and they're, you know, the game designers are there and they're doing, here's little old me mm. <laughs> uh, going against the grain, mm. teaching a breakout session on why you should never use gamification. Mm. Now, in the Christian circles, they get mad at me. Mm. They invited me back. That's secular. Wow. Wow. Now, that didn't necessarily mean they agreed. Many sure. did. But they're a lot more objective because if you have numbers, you have stats, you're like, oh, well, can't That's argue with science. that. That's just the science. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't mean – so what it looks like in a world where dads will say – the average age of a video gamer is 36 to 44. So it's not a team problem. It's a dad problem. And they've been gaming for years. So they get their kids involved in it. Based on brain scans, I would recommend never doing that. I know what it sounds like. I I know exactly what I'm saying. And I know that when I say that in some places, I I, I take a chance on never being invited back. Mm. But at least I got to say that because, and it needs to be said, Mm. that it's just too lethal for the brain Mm. in terms of addiction. It's right up there with porn. Mm. It's not quite as lethal, but it ranks up there. It's very high. Mm. So it comes back to, detoxing the brain so that when a dad and a son or a daughter are together, they're together. Mm. And the only way they're going to be intimate in a proper way and have that sort of a bond, the proper bond, Mm. is if there's no addiction present. Mm. Because whatever it is you're addicted to, that's where your affections, your emotions, and your intimacies lie. Mm. So that's why we're clearly told in God's Word, do not do anything that brings you under the control over the power or enslavement. Don't do that. Mm. That's the non-beneficial part because humans have to be the, the primary. We're his primary focus. Mm. And the way that mm. kids have that modeled mm. is supposed to be through their parents. Mm. Well, now you've got the millennials. No offense to any of these. are just numbers. You're just as addicted as the kids. Mm. And so mom's on social media. The kids are on social media. And in God's world, that addiction part has to go, and then you have to weed out 
the good thing. So I get this question all the time. Is it bad if we make a Skype call or a FaceTime call to Grandma? No. Mm. Of course not. Just don't use that as an excuse to have all the other stuff. That's what you're really wanting to do. You you want to use that one little thing that is positive to justify having everything you don't need. So you need to have your own come-to-Jesus meeting to figure out what priorities are the same. But this is what I would ultimately recommend. Long before you can enjoy someone else's company, there has to be a detox. Hmm. Because you're blind. Anytime you're addicted, you're blind. Hmm. And it takes a third party to who knows you very well to determine whether or not you're addicted. Hmm. And that, that poses problems because if you ask that question to a friend or a spouse, you're going to end up in an argument right. <laughs> because they'll tell you, yes, you are. Yeah. I am not. Yeah. But you are. But those of us who have discovered this little secret, like First, I gave you some marital advice when I first yeah. came in. It's just admit you're wrong. Now, the reason why I say that, there's truth in it. It turns out after many years, I realized, you know what? God actually gave this woman to me as my helpmate. Mm. And about 95% of the time, she's right when I think she's wrong. Mm. So eventually, I caught on. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try it her way. Mm. Most of the time, I, I realize she's right. So I've made a lot of changes in the technological world. If, if it weren't for my wife, that book wouldn't have gotten finished. Hmm. You know, she was fussing at me like, and I needed it. Hmm. Anyway, so what does it look like? Well, you have a detox. Because if you don't detox first, it's sort of like trying to put a Band-Aid on a broken bone. That's right. You can't wean. Like with other drug addictions, with digital, all the models, there are 400 digital detox rehab centers in South Korea alone. Whoa. 400. That's crazy. They had the best gamers in the world. Hmm. They have put our technology we developed here on steroids. Yeah. They've won the digital the war for digital supremacy, but they're paying a heavy price. Mm. When they check into those detox centers, most often it's cold turkey. Mm. But then the brain resets. This is the beautiful thing on scans. You'll see a dead brain where the electricity is not flowing. It's not literally dead. Mm. But then it comes back to life. All the color comes back. Mm. The feeling for things like tennis and mm. swimming, the mm. things that used to find boring, comes back. And that includes a relationship with mm. people. So I would just say, take the advice of those in Silicon Valley. Steve Jobs never let his kids have the iPad. Mm. It's well documented. Mm. Well, he didn't want it messing them up. He didn't care about, I have to tell parents, you know, he, he doesn't care about your kids. He cares about his. Sure. It, what he wants from you is money. Yeah. And he wants your school to buy all this stuff, but he wouldn't let his kids have it. Mm. Most of those kids out there go to Waldorf Steiner. These are analog schools. Mm. I've spoken at Waldorf Steiner. Mm. I don't recommend them. Uh, except for the non-digital bit. They got sure. that brain science down and the creative, all that stuff yeah. down pat. But from a Christian perspective, they definitely don't have a biblical worldview in Waldorf Steiner. Mm. They're new agey. Sure. But I've spoken at one. They treated me great. And I agree. I went because I'm an evangelist. You know, I'm yeah. going to use yeah. every opportunity to share the gospel. I have gone into a Muslim school mm. because they're addicted to porn and Netflix and everything else. And they yeah. brought me in to speak to them. And I go to represent Christ, of course. So we have decisions to make. I say detox first, form a and make all the form your bond and your relationship not around technology is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Let it be around the person, about them. Mm. Exactly what we're making eye contact here. You know, what are you interested in? What do you want to do that has nothing to do with technology? I'll go do whatever you want to do today. Mm. What what's wrong with that? And that's what I would say do, and then mm. use technology when it's appropriate. Mm. And in this culture, I know that seems so extreme. Mm. But you know, I love 
a lot of activities. I mean, I like guns, you know, so I hunt, and uh, you guys like to shoot clay pigeons. I, <laughs> you know, I'd much rather do that than play Call of Duty. Sure. It's a real gun. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's and true. it's analog. It's not going to hurt your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Brad, all of that was wonderful. I um, hope so. Seems extreme, I know, to a lot of ears. No, I, I think that's exactly what we need to hear. Because um, even, even sometimes... If people don't take it to that extreme, it's at least a pendulum swing. You know, they can recalibrate however they want. But I think you need to push us out of our comfort zones to hear those sort of things. Be like, no, like that's actually damaging you. That thing you think is harmless and it's just it's just leisurely. It's not. It's damaging you. And that's that's all really important to hear. Uh, Brad, so we always end with two questions. Mm-hmm. One, how can people be tracking with you? Uh, maybe they want to know more about you. They want to read your thoughts, whatever it might be. And the second one is how can we be praying for you? Oh, wow. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. You have no idea, especially that second one. Mm-hmm. But I'll answer the first one first. The hub for me is probably yours. It's a website. Mm-hmm. It's my name, mm-hmm. bradhuddleston.com. And mm-hmm. I have a podcast. And that's probably a good way for people to connect with me. Mm-hmm. I put them out regularly. And a lot of times it's, uh, you know, conferences where I've been speaking. I'll, I'll, mm. I'll nab the video and mm. stick it out there because I've, cool. you know, covered different stuff. And then I have a studio like you guys do. And mm. you guys have been represented. Nick has been up and will come up again soon. Mm. Um, and to help me get my audience, uh, you know, familiar with you guys. So bradhuddleston.com, you'll find the podcast there. If they have any questions, they can. there's a contact page there. Right. There's articles I've written, you know, and magazines and all that sort of stuff. That's they can get access to your books on there as well. You can get, get access to the book there. That's okay. right. But how you can pray. Listen, I don't – prayer is the fuel for everything that happens in the kingdom of God. And what Proven Ministries is doing and what I'm doing um, – and, and and I just want to mention a friend, uh, a, a former lesbian. We were just out in Los Angeles in Chino speaking at a parenting conference, and she has come out and ministering in Christian circles about all the LGBTQ and gender dysphoria and all this stuff. It's in the church big time. And yeah. so I stopped the conference and had everybody pray over her. So I appreciate you doing that for me mm. because this is demonic. This is one of those things globally where the enemy has used the technology in a bad way and we can use it in a good way but he has used it in a very negative way to seize an entire two generations well all the generations but particularly gen z and the millennials and these stats of biblical worldview have have just tanked Mm. and he's not going to let that go easily Mm. you guys are on that front line i'm on that front line and if people would just intercede and pray for protection for our families, pray over our marriages, mm. pray over our mental stability, mm. our emotional stability, I would be so grateful mm. because the battles are real. It's like the old hymn that says, many arrows pierce my soul from without, from within, mm. but my Lord leads me on through him. I must win. Mm. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. Mm. So if they pray for me in that regard that those arrows that come they'd be extinguished by the shield mm. of faith mm. and that uh financial provision and mm. you know it's not a lot of people want to pay for to hear you know somebody like me say put your phones down sure. <laughs> it's a, it's a financial challenge too when you have a message like this it's not yeah. deemed positive you know yeah. i think it's positive when you get free though yeah. people are so relieved yeah. so that's why i do it so that'd be the the two things i would say and mm. i appreciate that very mm. much Brad, you've been a gift. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for giving yourself to us. Uh, It's a a privilege. Anytime I can serve you. Mm. I mean that. Mm. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. 
Everyone, thank you for joining us on The Naked Gospel. Thank you for tracking with us. I hope this conversation has been beneficial for you. Uh, do continue to disrupt and rebel with us because uh, there are ways we're being controlled and blinded that's just not acceptable. And I think Brad's gone a long way in helping us to see that. Uh, so do join us. Uh, thank you for being with us, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>